0: Courage Conviction, I'm still continuing with this series of just kind of um, shorter videos, I guess, without Jeff and I. I always say shorter videos, somewhere 15, 20 minutes long, the same as what you're usually getting. But Jeff and I usually record for an hour to two hours on Saturday mornings, early in the morning, due to the fact that we're both still starting businesses. We both relocated. I've just recently come back to the States from living 20 years in Latin America, Um and undergoing my studies there and, and work and so forth, but for the most part stayed there probably the last 10 years to further uh, my studies there on on well, more specifically on how ancient cultures collapsed. And I was studying, you know, the centralized versus decentralized cultures and when they were conquered by the Spaniards or other natives, how easy it was to conquer a centralized, such as the Incas, it just collapsed very easily once the conquer of the capital was done. All the rest just obeyed because that's what they're conditioned to do, right? So the Spaniards took an easy conquer there. Now the Maya, for the on the other hand, were much more difficult to conquer because they were independent city states, right? Like we find in the Book of Mormon, they were independent city states. They all had like a general constitution that they marched by, if you will. Um, but they were independent states. Hey, I, I want to talk about something here that's a little more personal to me. Um, I, I have a son. I mentioned in the last video that we have two. I have two children. Both got a couple of whole woke thing. Okay, one of them to the to the point of the whole LGBTQ thing. The other one just in the woke idea, no God, you know, abandoned the church as a teenager. About sixteen, I lost him. He did. He, got, he became an Eagle Scout. That was right at the end of scouting, which is something that's very sad. And I'm fighting actually to try to get back involved with scouting. And I think that we need something for our young men because men are not learning how to become men. Uh, there's a whole different condition going on without scouting in their lives. And it's sad to see that. I kind of missed that in the church. And I really h- hoped the Lord would have put something back in like that in the church because it really built good principles to build men that you women need out there. Um, and we need you women to be women, right? I need my wife not to be my equal in the sense of masculinity, right? Of testosterone. I need her to be my equal, my partner, my business partner, my co-partner, and give me that female softer influence to guide me with that female softer influence, with that love that she has gifted in her. And women have these tendencies more than men do. Men are more a little more stern. We think more black and white and not so many colors, Right. And that's the difference between men and military and so forth. People come in trying to argue this exceptions. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. The doctrine states these are roles that were given to us in the pre-existence. These are tendencies and characteristics that make us man and woman. Father in heaven is masculine. Jesus Christ was masculine. There was nothing feminine about him. And we're trying to paint this picture of this this extremely compassionate, toxic compassion, if you will term I like to use now, Christ. I'm even seeing Christ now wrapped in a rainbow robe. Hey, if you want to do that, that's your agency. But it doesn't have to be forced upon us at church. No, something we're going to have to do at church is coach our kids. And this is what I'm going to talk about right now. See, I wasn't coaching my kids. I was down in Costa Rica pursuing my career, going after my goals. I thought I was providing for a family. I was. And I'll just tell you this much right now. I'm tell you two little stories right now that I hope can help you on your road back to Christ, right? No matter what religion you are. But I was sitting in St. Thomas at this area where there's a lot of mega yachts. These huge wealthy people's yachts are there. They store them there. And we had, it's where the cruise ships come in. If you've ever been on a cruise and gone through there, it's that same area. We had a dive shop there. I was partners, business partners with some guys there, some British guys. And we had a scuba shop. I was a dive instructor, and it was a hobby. I loved it. I love diving. I still love diving um, because of my ears, I, you know, perf my ears and so forth. And, and so I, I have some difficulty. I don't get to dive as much. It's kind of not very comfortable for me. That's a whole other story. But I love it's a whole other world down there. And it's just so serene and so quiet. It's nice. I like to escape and get under. However, here's a point I want to talk about. Um, I'll go into my son. I'll just jump right to that. My son one day, he just to say he got cut up his whole woke thing. He's a school teacher, high school teacher. Would always kind of like seclude him out. He and his brother, yeah, they're twins. And I taught them the same through scouting. I set the same standards through the martial arts. Before they were born, I had already scripted out the things, areas, I wanted them to study in until they're 18. And I told them all the time because by the time they're 15, 16, they get the idea of agency and they want to come back and say, well, I have my agency Dad." And I would say, yes, you have your agency. Once you turn 18, you walk out the door of that house. Now you have your agency. While you're in this house, it's my responsibility to teach you how to use that agency and how to make good use of it and make good choices in that agency. So tell them you are a Padua in my home, and you're going to respect that of our home. My home, only I say because I was the patriarch of the home, right? Leading with my wife and trying to help my children prepare them to become adults. See, we're raising adults. We're not raising children. And that's something we need to understand right now. We're not raising children. We're raising adults. We're raising the next generation, how they're going to think, act, and how they're going to raise our grandkids. Right? So we need to marry well. Two of my kids are married now and they both married well. It's appears at this point, And I'm happy for that. May not be the one situation. My oldest daughter may not be the ideal, but he recently joined the church and he's a good man. He treats her good. My grandkids, he loves them to death. He treats them good too. And, um, you know, he and I don't exactly see eye to eye in certain things, but that's okay. He, he's not a bad guy. He's not on left field. He's still marching in the same direction I am. And I just have to respect the fact that he's doing all the things I need him to do as my son-in-law. You know, maybe he doesn't like me that much for whatever reason. Remember, I haven't been here. I was out of the country for 20 years. And I wasn't here for their wedding either. I couldn't get back here. There were circumstances there that I couldn't leave and come back for. So I think there's some resentment there. There's maybe he feels I didn't try to reach out to him. So he's not trying to me now. I'm home and I've had some difficulty with it, but I've had to come to a point where, okay, that's how it is. And I just have to learn to have patience with that. I want to tell you my son who fell away from the church, who's still gone today. And I worry, my heart breaks for him and my daughter. They're lost all this woke agenda. The people tell me, oh, oh you're not being very compassionate. What well, the hell with you? Because you have no idea the compassion I've gone through to be the man I am today. And that's all I got to say. And I'm sorry for using that French. But that's the point I have to get to now. And I think some of us have to get to that point. to say, you know what? The heck with you. If you're not going to live this gospel, you're not going to accept the hardships that need to be to be a man or to be a woman or to be a disciple of Christ here on this earth. Remember the rich man who came to Christ. Talmadge says that he most likely had been wealthy. He had been righteous the whole time. He had been a devout follower. And that's why he came to Christ and said, hey, I want to be part of this too, right? Thinking probably maybe he could buy his way in. And that was the tendency that, yeah, you know, I got money. I can buy my way into being an apostle. I want to be in this club. See, he didn't have the right mindset, the right attitude. He wasn't living the standard. So, Lord said, "Well, go sell your wealth, then come back. You'll be ready for it." Whoa, Lord didn't say, "Okay, look, come on in and make a transition and slowly share, sell off your wealth and 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 then you know you'll be up to speed, right?" But in the meantime, we'll lower the standard, and you can come in and be be an apostle or a disciple. It didn't, he didn't go about it that way, and I I, I haven't had I hadn't I can't either. With my daughter i talked a little about that already now my son i'm not going to mention names but of my two boys they came up the right way through scouting through martial arts both secondary black belts one got 100 he scored 100 on the sat all he ever wanted to do is go to byu he applies to byu three weeks later he's approved byu we were off somewhere we were done he was studying with me we were doing a we took the book of mormon and took the geography of the book of mormon and this is but we've been doing other studies in Guatemala, El Salvador, and all around Honduras. And and, and so with this time we're, we're going to go to Mexico and we're going to take like a month and a half or like six weeks or seven weeks. And we drove the topography of the Book of Mormon, ran the vehicle, and we drove the highlands, the rivers, the lowlands. It's all there. It's all there in that same 500-mile radius that you're going to get from the Book of Mormon. If you're going to look at it, you got to be within that, at least that 500-mile, square-mile radius, to find all these scenes, the gold, silver, and these different roads, the different civilizations, as well as waterways, the ocean, etc. And there should be ruins there. And I and I have seen it, I've walked it, I have felt it, I have camped and spent the nights at these ruins. And I'm going to take you there. Because we're going to start doing Book of Mormon tours this year. We started this up a couple years ago. I mentioned the last video. It got sent back because of COVID. Um, we're going to go to the jungle. We're going to spend time with natives in the jungle. We're going to spend time with Lamanite descendants. True blood layman descendants. And there's some new discoveries in Ecuador too. Some stuff that I already knew about, something that just discovered this January of 2024, like last week. It's still going over. I'm going to get my butt down there. Somebody else already beat me to it. Another, another podcaster. I can't believe that. It's like in my backyard back down there. I just couldn't study it because COVID. We were headed down that direction. Anyway, my son, we're going to call him B for now. Okay. I have two boys, B and B, right? B, chooses to follow his father's counsel. His mother supported me. Though we divorced, we stayed close. She supported the path I had them on. She stayed active in the church even when I wasn't. And it's largely due to her that I'm back because when my boys are seven, she said to me, she called me up one day and said, hey, I need to know something right now. Because you're going to have to make a choice now. Your boy's going to turn eight next year. What are you going to do about that? Who's baptizing them? Are you going to be worthy of baptism or should I start finding somebody else to baptize your boys? Man, that was a powerful impact on my chest and on my shoulders. And I thought, wow, what do I like more? I hear chasing these girls and the social life and the popularity and being Donetic and thinking I was some Don Juan. I wasn't, (laughs) but I thought I was. And I had to value what was more important. And I had to make that change to live the standard. Now, here, here's my point I'm trying to get at. And I baptized him, by the way. And I, it was difficult. And I won't say I haven't looked back. Because Satan, when hard times come in my life, it's always easier to look back to the easy ways, right? So the ways that seemed to help me relieve myself from the stress, if you will. And I had a heart attack of at 45 due to stress because of the stress of the 2008 issue. I was a CEO. There was a lot of things that came down. Uh, on our company. And I was left holding the bag. I had this this bailout of people and and embezzlement that ended up destroying the company in Costa Rica, which has turned everything, which is the true face of Costa Rica came out. Many people will see that when they go and travel there because a lot of beauty to Costa Rica. But the culture itself is very discriminatory and very much theft oriented. It's the socialism. I'm sorry, but that's what it is. And it's gotten worse, not better. Now it's not me saying that. That's by my Costa Rican friends and attorneys I have to work with down there that represent uh, clients of mine. And we've got a working relationship because we've had to work together for the last 15 years. Here's my story High school teacher, okay, living on There's No God, teaching these things in high school. Both my boys, one chose to keep the faith and do what dad asked, the other one started to doubt and to question. And so he turned to drugs, friends, and influence. Eventually, he gets out of high school, just like a sophomore. Year. Gets out of high school. A year After high school, he goes and buys a hard drug from some guy, an older guy. And this older guy happens to teach music or something like that. And while he's are buying the hard drugs, guess who walks in? His wife. And guess who his wife was? The same woke teacher that attacked them all the time in high school and told them there is no God in front of everybody, tried to make them look bad. And my son buckled to social pressure. One of them did. The other one didn't. And he went on to serve a mission with AP. He was assistant to the president in the mission field. And he didn't get vaccinated, by the way. He said, no, I don't want to be vaccinated. So he didn't get to go to Mexico where he was originally called. He ended up serving in the St. George Mission of Utah. He loved it. Maybe it the best thing that ever happened for him because those guys now were his roommates. Well, they were until two months ago, three months ago. He met a girl and they got married. And that's a whole other story too, in and of itself. I should tell that story as well because that is the blessing that comes from living the gospel. My son, B1, he's my oldest of the two, born two minutes before his twin brother. Breaks my heart still today. And we're close. He's an hour and a half from me. Uh, But I still need to spend a lot of time with him. He's 23 years old now. (sighs) He fell away to the drugs. By the way, that his school teacher was there, right? She was the one that was helping sell the drugs to these kids. That's why she was espousing these kids, abandoning God, because she doesn't believe in God. It's free for all, right? Other things took place there that he told me about that I'm not going to repeat here, but these are our teachers right now in the high schools. We need to be very, very vigilant, not just in school, what's going on, but we got to be vigilant what's being preached across the pulpit right now, too people think it feels good to get up there and preach the mantra of neo-Marxist vocabulary today, right? When you're in a kindness zone where you're just being nice to people, that is all the spin now. It's been redefined. Nice doesn't mean the same thing I meant before. Kindness doesn't mean the same thing. Kindness and nice means you can't stand up the truth. You can't speak the truth because you're offensive then. And then you are then you become um, controversial, right? And so that's been thrown at me as well. Like, I'm not controversial. I'm just trying to help people understand truth, right? I had to go through it. I had to figure it out myself. So I just want to help other people understand it. My bishop basically come to me and say, hey, you know, here, the ward, I, I don't want to talk about these things. Like what I'm talking about right now with you. I'm not allowed to talk about it. And I don't like it. So I don't like going to my ward. The ward I, you know what's funny? My ward's English speaking. I drive an hour and a half as off as I can and I go to the Latin branch because the bishop there or the the branch president there, he understands conservatism. He understands the doctrine. And the Latins that are there happen to be understanding as well. Now you're getting a huge influence of influx of other types of people coming across the border. Because it's not just Latins coming across the border. Even though it's the southern border, there's a lot coming across the border. Terrorists, Chinese communists, they're coming here too with the intent to destroy and divide America. Remember this, this division and conquer is an old strategy all the way back to Sen Tzu, if you would. Okay. This is an old strategy that Satan's always used. It breaks down to people. The city of Enoch, they were all of one mind. Okay. So here's my point. Here's what I have with my son. He gets his eagle and they were going towards other advancements in scouting, a Hornaday award. They worked on this turtle reserve in Costa Rica, helped revitalize it and revive it. And it, it actually became very flourished again. And they, they were working towards getting their, their awards. Now one boy did get a Hornaday award for that. My, um, the one that make the right choices. One is at BYU right now. He's at the Brigham University right now. He's third year. Um, the other one's still floundering. He's still trying to figure out what to do. Now he's very knowledgeable in crypto, and he does stuff, and he helps you know, our company down in Ecuador and so forth. And then we have stuff in you know other countries that we do stuff with. Um, but what happened with me? Yeah, I divorced his mom. That was a mistake. Thought I was doing the right thing. I was in Costa Rica. She was here. She wanted to be down there. So it was an amicable divorce. We, it was nothing angry over it. We never fought. We never even had an attorney, and we're still very close today. It's like a sister to me. I had to take this to Heavenly Father. It broke my heart. It broke my heart. I envisioned both of my boys going a mission. I envisioned both of my boys being still in the temple. I envisioned both my boys following the covenant path. But agency, he chose not to. Yeah, I made a mistake when they're young. But by the time they were eight, I was already back on the saddle. And I was keeping that saddle. Now, I had habits and so forth. I mean, things that I had tendencies I wanted to look back on. I had to get rid of and get out of my system. But, but they saw my progression back and they knew why. And I took them with me. Every chance I had. I spent every dime we had. Sold our vehicles and everything down there. You didn't need them because you had buses. I sold everything off to the point where to finish these studies. And that's why I know the things I know. I went to that degree. Here's what I did. I'm in my office one day and I have a room in my office, a bedroom because sometimes I work really late and I don't want to go home and wake my kids up. They were just right across the street from me, my wife, and my kids. So I could see the house. So I could see right into the house and they were safe. I had a bedroom there. Sometimes I'd sleep there if I was up studying late and or writing, which I've never published anything yet. I hope to one day. I just don't think it's good enough yet to publish. I took the Heavenly Father And I said to him on my knees, weeping and broken heart, how do I save Bryce? Why did we lose him? How did we lose him? How did I not see this coming? One, I wasn't there for him, wasn't involved in his life every day like I should have been. Okay. It's my fault there. I failed him there. Two, I said to him, father, how do you deal with this? I have two kids that have fallen off the path have gone a different way, then I don't think they're going to come back. Maybe they can. I'm sure Father thought the same thing about me. So there's hope, always hope, because I and Jeff are miracles of to be where we are today. We truly are. I've heard this voice as if we're speaking to each other now. I know it was a spirit. I actually want to say it was Father speaking to me directly, or my Savior. Whoever it was, the voice was very loud. and It was almost like it was in my conscience, but it was almost like, outside of my conscious being told, talk to me. And I heard this, So why I know it was from Father. You weep for one, I weep for millions. And I thought to myself, agency. He's right. It's agency. But then I thought, okay, we understand there's agency and it governs the heavens. God didn't create agency. Agency governs God. And if he violates agency, section 42 of Alma, he fails to be God. That's 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 eye opener for a lot of people. People think God cannot fail, but agency always exists. He can choose not to be God anymore. He can choose not to live those proper principles or doctrine, but he doesn't and he won't because he's proven that over and over again. And intelligence understand that. Good book called the trilogy by Cleon Skousen, by the way, that I highly recommend. It's called the trilogy by Doctor Cleon Skousen. Talks about the intelligence of how they work. And if you understand the intelligence, you understand everything that's going on, how all miracles took place, right? There's a process to everything. There's no magic to it. And there's an understanding to it. You just have to seek out and find it. At least understand as much as we can gain in this mortal body. So I hear this voice tell me from my son. Back to my son again. I hear this voice tell me, Eric, I'm happy for them. I'm sad for myself because I wanted them to to fulfill their potentials that I created to, to, to fulfill. But they chose this. This is where they're happiest. If I coerce them or obligate them in any way, shape, or form to live a celestial law, they will be unhappy and they'll be miserable. And that's not what I want for my children. I want them to be happy, even if it means they live a lower law. That was revelatory and changed my life forever. I was able to accept my son and accept the fact that so long as his heart's still beating, I have a role to play in his life. I don't care if he's 23 years old or 43 or 63, and I'm still alive by some miracle. I have a role as his father to coach him back. Now, he's very high wall up, And so I got to be very, very careful. And I got to just, you know, wait for the moment to kind of throw things in. Hey, you know, if if you didn't do that or if you practice this way better, you'd have better results. You had bad experiences with some poor leadership in the church. And bishops just weren't, during, just weren't during their jobs as they should have been with their youth. And you're seeing that focus back on the bishops now over the last couple of years, being back involved with the youth. Um, it's hard to do, though, when you take away the youth, all the youth programs. You take away scouting, you take away the sporting, you take all that away, and you expect the youth to stay active. I saw a report recently that 40% of return missionaries fall away from the church. Now, I don't know how accurate that is, but I know that in my involvement, that is, I think that's low, very low for what I saw in the country that I lived in, right? I would think maybe 60% fell away, at least for now, right? Maybe they'll come back. Some into the whole LGBTQ thing. Some guys were just awesome, Stoworth. Yeah, I thought they're going to be great leaders. They're gay now, right? Because of the fad. Everybody's going to jump it because it's being shoved down their throat. And we're bringing that into the church. I went to church because it was a refuge where my kids can learn principles. Now I find myself taking every talk and going back to my kids and saying, okay, well, that wasn't doctrine. That is this. They're just confused. You know, the point they're trying to say is this. I am translating everything with my children. It's a lot of friggin' work. And it's frustrating because I go there to relax. Out in the world, I'm always, you know, I'm ready to go to battle church, I don't want to go to battle. I don't go to church to battle. And that's what's happening right now at church. we got to change that. And maybe it's going to be, you know, we're starting to see Zion form. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to do another video on this. Zion, the 10th of Zion is being formed. The stakes of Zion are one thing. But the 10th of Zion, members and non-members alike, is Zion, by the way, do your homework, that's being formed. They're called the red states. And look what's taking place with Texas. And those that are gathering together and saying, we're going to back Texas on that border issue, Right. You're starting to see that separation right now between red and blue. And you're never going to see the dialogue go backwards. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen outside of some sort of a bloody battle. And if you want to try to say there's going to be a national divorce, don't think that's going to take place from the blue because they want all the other states because they want the resources those states can offer, right? So they can be a global power and they want to influence this over the world. They want to continue the United States as an influence over the world, but for bad, not for good. So what was told me was, this is the understanding. And if you're going to live with such a law, you're going to have to understand that. And you're going to have to love him either way. But you set the standard. And you always invite him back to live the standard. While he can't live the standard, you're there for him. When he comes around the kids, he comes to social gatherings, family activities, I ask a certain, certain way he dresses at least, and a certain way that his vocabulary is, and a certain kind of music he listens to when he's around us. I'm just not going to have it gets it draws and takes away from the spirit. And my little ones will think that's okay because big brother's doing it. Can't have that. And it's the same application we need to take in the church. We got to be careful. Okay, very, very careful. Yeah, we want to extend out to brothers and sisters. How many more brothers and sisters are we going to confuse and cause the fall in this only because we're bringing the influence in? And Satan knows that. And so this idea of all inclusiveness, whole idea of a teddy bear Jesus, if you will, is false doctrine. It's not true doctrine. You can agree or disagree. Put your comments down below. Please do. But that's what I felt. And I felt that as a strong revelation. And I wrote that down because I was prompted to write it down. And I will that will stay with me forever. Agency is difficult to deal with. But if our children, remember, they're not really our children. They're really our brothers and sisters, our little brothers and sisters, if you will. And they were assigned to us to teach them, to put them on the right path. That's why if we don't do it, oh, we held accountable for it. Woo! Joseph and his first presidency were were reprimanded by the Savior for not giving enough focus on their children and their, their family. So we got our wives and our family are so important to us, more important than career. Trust me on that. I know we got to live and survive, but I lost a couple of families pursuing my career. I achieved my goals financially, but I had this nice big home, this little mansion, if you will, single bachelor, a lot of girlfriends. I would just live in the high life, and I was miserable. I was a king on top of my hill but with nobody to govern. I say govern in a, in a good way. Nobody to lead. Like my own posterity, my own wife alongside of me. I didn't have that anymore. I was wealthy. Lots of friends. And I was doing whatever I wanted to do. But I wasn't living the standard. And so my happiness was robbed of me. And the same thing goes for anybody who's sinning. They're not happy inside. sight. So no matter what they say to you, This is my choice. It's their choice. They're happy that way. They're not really happy that way because they know there's something better and there's still time on earth to get it. So I get the fact that we reach out and try to help them make the change. I get that. But we also, when they make their bed, we have to make some decisions on how far we reach out before others begin to collapse in that influence, right? And that's all I'm trying to say. Courage conviction. Our Savior lives. The Book of Mormon is a true writ. Sign up for our Book of Mormon tours that are coming out this year. I'll take you. I'll show you. I'll show you the footprints of the people that walked here on this earth that you read about in the Book of Mormon. Jaredites, as well as Nephites and Lamanites. And uh, it's pretty incredible the evidences, if you will, the Heavenly Father still left here on this earth is to do as Elder Holland said. We gain a testimony first by faith in the Book of Mormon. We can concrete, cement our testimony by seeking out the evidences that Father left here on this earth. us to seek out. But if we don't seek, we're not gonna find it. Courage and conviction. We'll see you in the next video.